This is Mission.org. This is Marketing Trends, your number one source for exclusive interviews with chief marketing officers and executive marketing leaders in the Fortune 1000 and beyond. This is Jeremy Bergeron, and I interview, collaborate, and partner with world-class CMOs and marketing leaders across industries. Brightspot Content Management System enables marketers to launch in just 100 days. It efficiently manages marketing campaigns on mobile apps or updates investors on your corporate site, handling it all seamlessly. With over 100 plus different content types and templates, marketers can deliver a customized, relevant experience to your audience. Additionally, integrate your current marketing automations platform and SEO recommendations directly from your Brightspot content management system, simplifying tool management. Discover more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends. Hey everybody, welcome back to Marketing Trends. We're in the studio, we're live, we're in person, and I've got a really, really epic special guest today. Um, Jennifer Warren is the Vice President of Global Brand Marketing at Indeed. You may have heard of it. If you don't know, now you know. And for our audience, uh, Jennifer, would you just quickly describe Indeed and what you do there? Sure, thanks so much. Um, yeah, Indeed is the world's largest hiring platform. We have pretty much every job that exists on our platform. Um, we're in 60 countries, 28 languages, so yes, I would hope if you've ever looked for a job that you're aware of indeed. Wow. Now I want to I want to just give people a little more color on on who you are because you've been in marketing, you're a marketing, you've been in the marketing game for over 20 years. Um, I, I have a special affinity for your GSDNM background and shout out to Roy Spence. Um, but you, you know, you've been fortunate to be recognized as Ad Age Women, Woman to Watch. Uh, AAF Hall of Achievement recipient as a result of working with so many talented people. Um, you work with just an incredible team at Indeed, and we'll get into that. But just your background is deep. You have a, you have CMO experience. You've shifted into now head of brand, and I think that's really interesting. But let's start with just you in the game of marketing, because you've been in the game for over 20 years. And I'm curious, because you come from the agency side to now the corporate marketing side, what inspired you to shift from that world that you have deep knowledge of to now leading corporate marketing and brand at Indeed? Great question. Um, I have always made my career decisions based on um, growth and where can I learn the most as well as contribute value. And I loved my agency experience. I would not have made a different decision if I could go back and make that decision today. Um, I love the creative aspects. I liked getting to work on a lot of different brands. And as you mentioned, working for people like Roy Spence and all of the amazing founders at GSDNM um, had a great start to my career. We worked with, um, well, Roy had worked with Sam Walton, Norm Brinker, so some of these amazing leaders. And so I had a great, um, great early experience in my career. 
And then I got to a point where I really wanted to be closer to where business decisions were made. Mm. It was hard to get a brief from a client, understand, you know, what the, what the challenge was for the advertising. But I always wanted to dig deeper into the business and understand what's the true problem we're trying to solve more holistically. And decided that I wanted to switch to corporate marketing just to get a different experience because I had spent quite some time in the agency world at that point. Have your experiences taught you a lot about leadership? Because shifting in from going from the agency world to now corporate marketing, how have your experiences really, you know, prepared you for the role at Indeed? Yes, I um, I have been fortunate to have worked for and with a lot of different leaders. As I just mentioned, even at GSDNM, the founders of that company, I would say, were super strong leaders. Learned a lot from them, as well as a lot of our clients um, that we worked with at the time. Um, and one of my biggest takeaways is you can learn something from every type of leader that you have and just really made it a practice to observe um, as well. And you can learn as much from leaders um, that you may not think are great leaders as you can from those that are. And just it really helps you decide what kind of leader you want to be and how you want to show up in the world. Um, one of the best um, you ask about how is it related uh, to what I've been able to carry over to Indeed. One of the first leadership lessons I would say came from um, Roy and uh, Sam Walton. Or I didn't meet Sam myself, but we had this quote on the wall that said, um, anytime you face a challenge, go to the store, the customer has all the answers. And that's something that I've really carried forward because I've found that any marketing or business problem you face, it's really just about going to your customers and understanding what the problem is, understanding that insight, and that always solves the issues. And mm -hmm. at Indeed, we're a marketplace brand, and so um, that in itself has been a, a challenge. It's um, It was a new experience for me to have to develop um, brand programs and campaigns that appealed to both job seekers as well as employers. How do you bring it together? Um, right now, we've been working on a master brand strategy, you know, and really trying to get to a message that's going to appeal equally <laughs> to both sides because that's going to make our marketing that much more effective. And it really started with going to both job seekers, employers, finding what is the common ground between these audiences that we can go and leverage that's going to be relevant and attract both sides to Indeed. So you've been at indeed now is it almost five years yes. is it over four just over four years now yes okay so i mean the world has changed so much in the past i mean four so years much. i'm sure the brand has shifted so much and just like what's the snapshot of kind of when you've when you when you saw the opportunity at indeed to now being there almost five years like what has that trajectory been like because you again like you joined at a time when the, the brand was one thing now we're in 2022 and there's different things are valued. It's changing and shifting. What's that experience been by coming into the brand now almost five years? That's a, that's a long time. Yeah. Um, what are you reinforcing? What are you focused on right now? Um, yeah. What does it mean to you now to be there for almost five years? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, again, it really started with research and understanding um, our job seekers. In this case, um, I have been there now that I think about over the last few years, living through the pandemic obviously had huge impact on the world of work and hiring. Now all the talks around, you know, recession and things of that nature. So um, it's been really interesting time and we've evolved a whole lot over the last few years as a result of that. Um, when the pandemic hit, 
um, of course, one of the first things we did is social listening and really trying to understand um, how are workers feeling right now in the world. And one of the things that we heard was there was this feeling of hopelessness. Mm. Um, there were no jobs out there. People weren't hiring anymore. And so we really shifted our strategy at that point um, to helping highlight the jobs that did exist and um, offering a for the job seeker ready to work, you know, tag that could be used as well as employers a hiring now tag because one of the mm. things that happened is jobs all of a sudden became also out of date really quickly and those that were looking to urgently take a job were having a hard time finding the most relevant and people who were actually hiring right then. So I would say it really um, uh, sparked our innovation. Some of the things we were planning to do, you know, five years from then really got pulled up. Like we have mm. this um, Indeed hiring platform, which is about video interviewing. So as I'm sure you can imagine, we quickly pulled some of these efforts up to solve the problems at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, it really propelled us forward. And now, again, <laughs> that led to what I'm sure you guys have, have probably talked about or heard a lot about this whole great realization, um, or people called it the great resignation. We retermed it the great realization. Ah. And that, yeah, that was um, based on workers who had time to really reevaluate their lives and what was important to them. We spend a third of our life, you know, working, which is a pretty big amount of time. And people just decided they wanted that time to be time that they enjoyed, that they felt good about and really reevaluated what they are going to do next. And so, again, we've evolved our brand strategy and are now, um, positioning ourselves around connecting you to better work because that's what people are looking for is not just a job or any job they're looking for a good job yeah. and we look at our role as helping job seekers or workers find what's better for them as well as helping employers understand what it means to deliver better work i'm curious about the the, the shift kind of because you have you have CMO experience. You were a CMO at, at Radio Shack. Shout out to Radio Shack. Um, you also were a CMO at At Home, Sprinkles Cupcakes. So you have you have the you know you have the experience as a CMO. And that that I mean that tells me a lot about your like the way you see marketing and now shifting into more brand, right? And brand so what was that kind of intersection? Like was that something you saw only that was that opportunity that came four or five years ago? Did you kind of move towards brand and less towards kind of overall marketing officer? When, what was that kind of transition like? Where would that shift happen? Yeah, well, for me, it wasn't a decision I necessarily made. Like, I just want to focus on um, brand, but I will say brand building has always been a passion of mine. Um, if I could choose to do one thing, you know, it's, it's always been, I really love building brands, but I also don't look at brand in a silo. I, mm. um, not to be self-serving, but I do think brand drives and should drive everything that you do. And um, one of the things I always, when I have the opportunity to speak, you know, internally or anywhere is to say, everybody's a brand builder. The product experience mm. is probably the most important proof point um, to the promise you're making in the world, as is the customer service team. And 
how if you think about brands you love and hate, I'm sure their product and their service has a lot to do with that. Mm -hmm. And then I look at my role as a brand builder to really understand what's great about a company, how that is relevant to the external world, and then translate that externally. And so for me, brand um, strategy and understanding how everything connects is a important part that a CMO role plays mm -hmm. and it's connected to everything that we do. How does that CMO experience kind of inform your relationship with Jessica, the CMO now? Because to me, it's got to be, I see you as two just power players being able to be in the trenches together because you understand that role. She's in that role for Indeed. Well, what's that? What's that relationship like? Yeah, well, we have a we have a great relationship, um, and I think it is in part um, just a very mutual respect between us. She has come in and has such great experience, um, and our experience, I would say, is is different. Whereas I've spent a whole lot of time on the brand side, she has a lot of great experience with brand amongst other things. She's had also a great like consulting background. She's worked in tech. I have not. So I would say in our case, we really complement each other really well. Um, and I've been able to learn a lot through her experience and working for very large tech-driven companies. And, you know, she has taught me a lot about that. So let's talk about just some of your goals for, for Indeed. Indeed's already a really recognizable brand. What are your goals for like reinforcing Indeed's already powerful, recognized brand? Yeah, well, now it's about helping people see us not as just a place to go and search for a job or to post a job on Indeed. We have made a transition as a company to a full hiring platform. So part of it is shifting perceptions that they people should use us not just to search for a job, but also to get their job, apply for the job, and even interview on our platform. So a lot of um, our communications now is really focused on shifting perceptions and getting people to think of us as the place to help connect them to better work, not just search and find that better work. You, you shared an article today, actually, on, on LinkedIn, which Katie Barson, shout out to Katie, who's also in the studio today. Katie's a senior account director at Salesforce and works closely with Indeed. And her and I were talking about this article that you, you posted. You said, a brand isn't a luxury, it's a future cash flow. Uh, it's future cash flow. And then great reminder as companies are faced with difficult decisions related to tighten budgets, brand and performance marketing strategies and tactics are both important. And most important is to understand how doing both complements drives the effectiveness of the other. Just would love to hear your thoughts on, on that and why you share that. And yeah. Yes, a topic I'm quite passionate about. And that was a great quote that I pulled from this article that I thought was brilliant. Um, as a brand marketer, well, there's a couple of thoughts. And I think tech is one of the industries that really separates out brand from performance, which makes sense. A lot of tech companies grew first through performance marketing. Um, and then brand comes in a little bit later. And it's something that I didn't feel in my prior experiences, one as a CMO, but it just wasn't very common even in the agency world with the clients that I work with to separate them out in such a way. And as I had mentioned before, I don't look at brand in a silo. Um, and one of the, I would say, um, 
downsides of looking at it in the brand versus performance is it's often pitted against each other, especially when it comes to budgets and determining the budget. It's easy to quickly go to performance marketing that's able to prove an immediate sales payoff versus brand, which has a much longer term effect. Um, One of the things that we have done um, on this front is began using, you know, commercial mix modeling as well as pixels on the sites to really show and prove that brand also does drive performance. And I think the language in itself, um, brand versus performance, makes it feel like brand doesn't also <laughs> perform or drive the business. And so it just makes it hard as a brand marketer to um be put up against something that has is a lot easier to prove those short-term sales. And so what we have found through our commercial mix modeling, and I'm sure every, you know, CMO or marketer listening to this has has seen this, that together both are a lot stronger. So we have um, we've had experience where I'll I'll just give an example. When we launched in Germany or pretty early on in our days there, I was meeting with the head of sales there and he said, Jennifer, you've got to help me. My sales team calls on potential clients and they hang up the phone. They don't know who Indeed is. They don't care about Indeed. And, um, you know, can you help me with that? (laughs) We um, ended up working with this amazing um, Germany agency there to get to a super highly relevant campaign in uh, Germany that has been quite successful. We've overtaken the who was the primary brand in wow. Germany. And now Frank will say, now everybody calls us. They want to talk to Indeed, um, which is just an example. That's not performance marketing, but it just really um, solidifies what I'm saying. Then when you get a sales call, whether it's a sales call or a um, you know, an ad that's trying to get you to sign up, you know what it is, you know why you should care about it, it communicates the benefit. So I'm passionate about the importance of how both of them working together creates a stronger out- outcome. And then I'll also say for performance marketing, we've seen similar things that performance marketing also drives brand mm-hmm. and it drives consideration, it drives awareness. And so it's really needs to be looked at as a full system. And, and you should think about it more as what is the role of communications? What are you trying to do? And then working together makes it a lot stronger versus a either or situation. Mm-hmm. Talk about the the glass door kind of opportunity and collaboration, because to me, something that's something Katie and I were talking about again was, I mean, that opens up a whole nother world of information and data and perspective. How does that how does that fit? Because it's their own separate marketing and their own teams as well. But there's there's got to be tight collaboration across the aisle. What's that like now? Kind of how with that glass door relationship as a brand marketing leader? Yeah, we work really closely with Glassdoor. So they're a um, sister company of ours, also Mm -hmm. owned by Recruit. And the way I think about them from a brand perspective along the, um, I'll I'll talk about from a job seeker perspective journey, as I mentioned earlier, what people are looking for now is better work. And so the role that Glassdoor plays within that journey is in bringing transparency to the market around um, what companies provide, what their culture is like that comes straight from 
um, employees of that company. And so we do find that people come and they'll find a job on Indeed, then they go to Glassdoor and they really want to understand what the culture's like. Um, Indeed has also launched a new uh, product called the Work Wellbeing Score, which is is similar in that it rates companies or the employees are rating companies across a lot of different dimensions wow. as it relates to well-being. Um, so I look at Glassdoor and things like the Work Wellbeing Score as being really needed components um, along the journey to help pay off the how we deliver on connecting you to better work. Because better work means different things to different people. And uh, so we, you know, when, when we started talking about that as a brand strategy, we said, I don't know, you know, who can define better work? Well, what we do is we give you the tools to really understand what do you care about. If flexibility is most important, you can mm. see how how a company performs on that. If um, diversity and inclusion is more important to you, you can see that. As working parents, how how do they feel about the the um, culture of the company? And so it's really about providing that transparency. Wow. And it gives feedback to the employers as well. Let's discuss reputation. Mm -hmm. um, a while back, you told Wall Street Journal Business that employer branding really does force all companies to reassess their current culture, get clear on their values, and make sure what they offer aligns with what people are looking for now in an employer, to your point. What role does Indeed play in establishing, redefining a company's brand? Yeah, and I think it goes back to to what I was just mentioning. You can't think of your employer brand as just a message or a way you're going to position yourself to the mm. market. It's really driven by Glassdoor or um, at Indeed, you know, company pages, um, because that is what's going to shape what people think about you. So you're really not in control of your employer brand as much as I think a lot of companies think that they are. I mean, we've had companies come and say, can you change this review? Or I don't like the way, you know, we're showing up, um, for example, in these reviews. And the answer is no, because what we're doing is providing that transparency for the job seeker. We are also job seeker first. And so mm. we always talk about, um, and it's not to pit one against the other. The perfect world is the right job seeker finds the right employer, but sometimes you have to make decisions. And in this case, it is better to be transparent about the culture. It's better for the employer too, because that way a job seeker can see whether they're going to be the right um, fit for that company. And mm -hmm. they will stay longer if it is the right culture for them to join. How have job seekers' attitudes toward company reputation changed since the pandemic? I would just say job seekers are now a lot more in, um, they have a lot more power, you know, in the decision. I think when I even think about my first jobs, you always felt like it was all the employer's control mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I hope I get this job. And and you didn't really feel empowered um, when you're interviewing or making these decisions. Corporate reputation is critically important now um, as people have shifted the way they think about work and they're really looking for work that also works for them and are a lot more empowered to do so. So, you know, I always 
when I'm talking to employers say, you've got to really be clear on, as you were saying, what you stand for and reflect that in the world. And then you're going to attract the employees who are right for you as well. Also, if you think about um, the younger generation (laughs) where mission and values are critically important, that's something also as it relates to corporate reputation, people really want to know where do you stand? What do you value in the world? Um, what kind of company am I joining and do they align with my values? Um, mm. So that's another important component. Has a remote first workplace altered how people view their employers? I think it has opened up a lot more opportunity for people and mm-hmm. probably is what helps empower job seekers more. Now, we also have to remember um, people talk a lot about remote work, um, but there are a lot of jobs that don't offer that, obviously, truck mm-hmm. driving, you know, mm-hmm. retail and, and things of that nature. But in general, I think it's given um, job seekers a little more power because it's opened up a lot of opportunity. It has also, I think, been a challenge for leaders, you know, within the company mm-hmm. as people are working remotely and how they communicate more often and um, make people still feel more connected as a culture. Yeah, it seems like it seems like on one hand, sometimes employees are like more willing they're they're willing to be more critical of a company's reputation because remote work has has opened new opportunities. It seems like that can be the case sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, totally true. We see that. What are companies doing to counter churn and improve their brand reputations? I would like to say um really taking feedback from employees more to heart. Mm. Um certainly in the feedback that they get through engagement studies to their reviews, you know, what they're seeing, even employees saying on Glassdoor. So I think they're just taking it more to heart and paying as much attention to how to retain people than to um, attract new ones. I know I um, saw something recently about companies doing stay interviews, which I think is a super important thing to do. What's that? Um, a stay interview is instead of an exit interview, it's the thing that you do if you don't want to have an exit interview. Wow. You really want to understand, like, what would make you stay? Um, are you um, wow. considering leaving? Like, if you were to leave, why would that be? And just really trying to understand how to keep people at the company so you don't have those exit interviews. Wow. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of talk and a lot with a lot of marketing leaders that are really like raising the importance of 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 employee experience, like almost matching that of customer experience. We always talk about the customer experience and how important that is. But now in this world, it's we're hearing and just seeing a lot of brands really double down on the employee experience. And mm-hmm. I'm just curious, like what's indeed taken perspective? What have they done in the last couple of years to double down on employee experience? Is it different than times past? I'm just curious. Yes. Um, for us, when we we were one of the I don't know if I can claim to be, but I feel like we were one of the first um, businesses that went to remote work quickly. Um, And it was because I think we are clear and our leaders are clear on the values and wanted to keep everybody safe. Um, Also, proud to say kudos to our CEO, um, Chris Himes, has been doing Q&A sessions every single week since then, Wow! which sometimes I listen to him. I'm like, I don't know how he continues (laughs) to answer the same questions over and over. I mean, that's hard work, but 
one that is, I think, one of the most effective things we've really done is just have this really transparent culture. You can ask him anything and people do um, sometimes the same things um, and he answers the questions. And so I think one is just a whole new level of transparency that didn't exist before not because I don't know that it was intentional that it didn't exist before, but an effort to bring people closer together and create a culture. There obviously were a lot of questions, concerns um, as the workforce changed to this whole new way of working. I think the other thing it created for us, and Chris has talked about this, is sometimes you have to make decisions before you've been able to figure everything out when when they said that day, okay, everybody work from home. I don't think anyone knew how that was going to work, right? And the whole world of work, I think, was in that position. And I think whereas some companies waited a bit to try to have more of the answers, um, I think those that made quick decisions around it have learned an important lesson that sometimes you just have to make the decision and then figure out, you know, some of the things that go along with that. As we come out of the pandemic, it seemed as if employee turnover was high. Uh, the, the quiet quitting trend came and went, and now we're likely entering a period of, of recession. We're talking, a lot of brands are talking about the economic headwinds and doing more with less. There's been a lot of variance in the job market. Um, how is Indeed going to handle the layoffs continuing to come down the pipe? Like, what's that? What's the, the position that Indeed's taking? Because we're heading that way. We kind of know it's coming, but we'd love to just hear your perspective on that. Yeah, we just um, released our hiring lab team, mm. just released, uh, and that's our economist uh, team, just released a report that currently, I know that we're all seeing a lot of the articles around layoffs in particular in the tech industry. So a lot of us see those, you know, I would say the most, but in general, we're still seeing that job postings, they were up 48 um, percent above previous pre-pandemic baselines. Wow. So people are still hiring. Um that was something that I know I had mentioned earlier around the pandemic, we saw as our role in, in particular is you start seeing headlines and then you start to panic and you think, oh, I've just got to take any job that comes my way. So I think part of our role is going to be, um, again, building awareness around there is still a lot of hiring happening and keeping our pulse on that. We're also realistic. We understand that um, that could turn at, at any time, but I think keeping our pulse on the labor market and understanding the impact of the recession and communicating that is going to be a big role that we continue to play. I mean, a lot of people are going to turn to Indeed. I mean, that's, I mean, they, they, they have been, they will continue to do that as, as the role changes and shifts. And so I think, yeah, Indeed's position of, hey, we're still like, we're still seeing opportunity. We're still a big resource. We're going to evolve with the rest of the world is really, is really key. I like that. Um, talk to us a little bit about purpose-based branding. Um, today's customers want their values reflected in the brands they buy from. You mentioned that earlier. And marketers are responding by creating external messaging that reflects corporate values. Um, one item I enjoyed hearing about is Indeed's focus on fair chance hiring, which includes previously incarcerated people or people without a college education. How does Indeed promote this in job postings? Is this something that companies are pushing in an effort to find the best talent? Tell us about this. Yeah, great question. 
Yeah, so our mission is helping all people get jobs. And so we um, put a lot of effort behind helping specifically job seekers also who face barriers. Um, we have a goal by 2030 to help 30 million people facing barriers wow. get hired. Wow. Um, and part of that, one of one of the segments that we're focused on, we've got quite a few, are those that were previously incarcerated and helping get them back into the job market. A couple of the things that that we're doing is, one, we're trying to, from an employer perspective, expand the definition of an ideal candidate Mm. and really championing that employers screen in versus screen out candidates that might not seem like like they're ideal. Um, So one is just an education um, on our site um, you can register as a fair chance hire, which means that you are open to people who might have that criminal um, background. And mm. we are also a fair chance hire, you know, ourselves. And then really just trying to bring um, more insight, you know, to the the situation. For example, we've recently just did this survey where employees said, oh, yeah, I'm completely open, but then they haven't either their system kicks them out or they haven't really put the practices in place that would Mm. enable them to hire them. What work needs to be done to better promote inclusive cultures to potential employees? Yeah, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier about employers really opening up their view of what an ideal candidate looks like and putting the practices in place to hire a more diverse workplace. I think um, a lot of the the research and studies we've done, again, have, you know, clients are saying, I need a more diverse workforce. But then if you look down the line of how, how do you go about recruiting they're recruiting from the same places that they always have. They're still requiring a college degree when a college degree isn't actually needed for the job. You know, for example, their um, interview um, panel is still not diverse, which also turns people off. Um, so you really have to look um, and go from you know having the desire and the goals to what is your plan and what does that look like across my entire process of hiring. Mm. So talking about Indeed kind of handling the layoffs coming down the pipe, in turn, how has Indeed changed its marketing strategy to communicate messaging that promotes stability to help get the the world back to work? Well, we have, um, as I had mentioned before, we are fortunate in that we do have all of the jobs on our platform. And so one of the things we can do that other brands can't is really um, highlight what those jobs are, give statistics to help people um, understand that those jobs exist. Um, as I was mentioning, we put out these reports through our economists, you know, monthly, if not more often in some cases, to let people know how many job postings we have. For example, we just released a report that shows we're 48% above previous pre-pandemic levels. So really looking to get those statistics out so that people don't panic. Mm. A lot of times, as, as I'm sure you're aware, like one headline you know, you could read can overtake the real facts of the situation. Mm-hmm. And we see our job as really putting the facts out. Last year, 
I think it was the Super Bowl. Indeed ran a really strong ad campaign that promoted optimism for job seekers during uncertain times. Was it Super Bowl? It was Super Bowl. Okay. Has that messaging continued as we continue to return to a semblance of normalcy? Yeah, it has. And the reason we decided to do the Super Bowl really gets back to the question you asked and focusing on what people need from us right now. And at that time, we heard from job seekers that there was just a lot of despair and people had lost hope. They were concerned. And what we wanted to do is highlight and in our ad, it was actually real people who had gotten jobs off indeed. And we really wanted to show the world that people were still getting jobs and uh, make sure that we were promoting hope in that way. Uh, we also worked really closely with a lot of our clients and had a big um, uh, social campaign as part of that. So we worked with our clients and their social teams to promote jobs that they were also hiring right then during that Super Bowl effort. Mm, that was cool. And there's this technology piece when someone is like looking for an opportunity or putting in their information and, and it provide it gives a lot of information to someone looking for relevant jobs, relevant companies. What powers this at Indeed? Is this something something created at Indeed? Is this something different? Is this like a collaborative effort of technology? What is this technology? Right. It's technology that we create inside Indeed. And it's, I think the way we're able to do that is it is a top priority for us as a company to get better and better at matching mm -hmm. and really understanding what people are looking for based on their behavior, based on what they're telling us about us. We also focus on um, one of our key metrics is positive outcomes. And that is when there's a match made between the person who's applying and the actual employer. And that gives us a lot of great data as well as to what a, mat a good match looks like. And so we're really looking at a lot of signals along the journey mm -hmm. to help us improve our matching. Okay. How has this personalized like matching approach affected repeat users, right? Because you, you obviously want people to find jobs and not need to use Indeed again. Right. Um, are you seeing more returning customers in today's job marketplace? I think for us, success is um, finding the perfect match and honestly hoping that you don't see them again. <laughs> so, <laughs> which sounds crazy from a, from a business perspective, I know. But to us, with our mission being helping people get jobs, we celebrate those successes. And um, the better and better we can get at matching. And as I was saying, helping people find cultures that are going to really work for them, the longer they're going to stay. Do you view return customers as a positive metric? Or does it signal a need to improve job matching? <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> um, I would say I have to I have to say it would not be positive. Um, it, it's, it's a hard question to answer because I'm like, well, from a marketing standpoint, we certainly want if someone sees that a job isn't right for them or say they get laid off, we would hope they'd come back to Indeed. But being focused on our mission, helping connect people to better work, our goal would be for people to find a um, job that they can really thrive in, you know, for as long as that job serves them. Mm. Okay. What are you, like, what are you learning about right now, like in your role as VP of brand? Like, what are you learning about? What are you excited about that's happening in your world right now? Well, one of my top focuses is around brand measurement. It's something that I think every brand marketer faces. Uh, you're 
asked to participate in a board meeting or to defend a budget help us understand the return on investment for your spend. Um, it's been a journey we've been on for a while now um, in looking, I would say for a very long time, our KPI was just brand health, UAC, you know, what's your consideration, awareness, brand of choice, and those are really important metrics. Um, we have expanded to what we're calling the metrics that matter. So we're looking at everything from what do people think about Indeed to then what is their behavior and looking at our share of brand search metric, our um, you know direct traffic metric, and then we're looking at return on ad spend through our commercial mix modeling. So I'm spending quite a bit of my time right now in working with my team. I also launched a brand science uh, division to really wow. help us. And well, because, you know, whatever you, um, I guess, wherever you put your resources, <laughs> it really highlights what you're focused on. And this has been a, a challenge for us for quite some time. And I don't think I'm alone in saying that. I think any um, one CMO as well as brand marketers have faced this challenge. What metrics are you paying, like you paying attention to more now? Have you like reprioritized metrics? Or like when you wake up in the morning, are you looking at certain things, you know, quicker than others? Like what, what metrics are you personally keying in on as VP of global brand? The reason why we're doing this metrics that matter is I do think it's important to look holistically because all three of those areas can signal something. But the one that's really um, gotten a lot of our attention is um, the share of brand search. So mm. that is the percent of times that people search indeed versus our competitors and understanding that percent. And that is, you know, a strong message of intent that someone's looking for your brand. I'm curious just about the, just your perspective on the culture at Indeed, like the culture. Has it, you know, Jessica, new, a newer CMO in the seat, you've been there almost five years. Is there, has there been big shifts at the culture in Indeed? What would you say the state of the culture at Indeed is now? Or what is the message you want to get out to the world about the culture at Indeed specifically? Yeah, we have, um, I can honestly say like one of the best cultures um, of any company that I have worked for. Um, our CEO is, um, I think I mentioned earlier, just an incredible human being that cares about the company. We are really clear on what our mission is as a brand and, and what our values are. And you can tell in the decisions that are made on a regular basis. So I'm um, not just saying this because I'm from Indeed. We have a really great culture. Mm -hmm. I get that sense. I mean, I've been in Austin 10 years and I mean, it seems like I mean, how many, how many, how many buildings are here? Indeed, in building. I mean, it's like you guys are. You're up north. You're downtown. I mean, we've got like four, four or five now. It's here. a big presence. I mean, the mm -hmm. big presence. And I've had friends that I was at Google with that are now at Indeed. I've had lunch at Indeed before, and like I get the sense of like this is a place that really cares a lot about their role and their mission in the world, and they just seem to be not slowing down. I mean, it's just like there's such a force here, which I love being you know part of the city. It's in the heart of the city. Um, just absolutely amazing. So. Yeah. Yeah. One one of the things I'll add to that um, that Chris says, and I agree, is there's never been a time that our mission is more important than the last few years through the pandemic and now the talks of the recession. Um, people need Indeed. Um, you know, job seekers need to find those those jobs that are going to make them happy, as well as with the talent shortage, employers really need Indeed, and so. I think if anything, our culture is, um, I think 
I get the impression it's always been a strong um, culture, but I think there's a renewed sense of, um, you know, we have a real mission in the world mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it's nice to to be in a place where you think you can wake up every day and truly help. So that's been, that's fueled our culture and our mission. I love it. Are you ready for some lightning round questions? Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, I think so. Okay. Before we get into it, if you don't know, you need to know that Marketing Trends Podcast is brought to you by Salesforce. Woo-woo. Salesforce brings marketing and engagement together. If you want to learn more, head over to salesforce.com forward slash marketing. Hashtag Katie Barson. Um, <laughs> we love Salesforce. We love Katie. She's dope. And Salesforce too. First question, what fact about you might surprise coworkers who have never met you in real life? <laughs> well, um, I actually got into advertising through acting. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah. Early, like late high school, early college. Um, I was in commercials, which were, and I was not very good at acting, but I was always super interested in the message and the person kind of directing. And that's really what got me into it. Okay. What is your best remote work tip? Figure out how to, um, you know, end your day. Like, I feel like in the past, Mm, like for me, driving home from work was like closure. I've had to now just shut my computer, go on a walk or do something that signals like this is the end of your day because Mm. it could go on forever otherwise. That's good. That's good. Um, What is the funniest thing you've ever witnessed during a Zoom meeting? Oh, my gosh. This was actually my daughter in... Uh, on one of her classes, um, she stepped away for a minute. And my dog stepped up on the Zoom, and one of her friends actually screenshotted it. Oh, that's great. And it says Maddie Warren with my dog's face. So that okay. came to mind. Okay. Which coworker did you learn the most from? I would say, uh, one, I'm fortunate that I've had so many amazing uh, people in my life that it's hard to choose. But if I have to choose one, um, one of my close friends, past coworker Haley Rushing, who is a chief purposeologist, uh, wrote the book with Royce, Roy Spence around purpose-based branding. She has always been there to be my champion, taught me a lot about brand building, um, is a great sounding board, and um, just a phenomenal brand builder. That's great. If you could not work in this industry, what profession would you pursue? Oh, I would totally do something around like dogs. I think I would have a, I just saw an article, someone who started this dog farm and had like 13,000 or so dogs, which I know is a crazy amount across a lot of different locations. I'd do something like that. Okay. (laughs) What is the guiltiest pleasure on your Spotify playlist? Oh, I don't, I don't know that I have, I mean... I don't know that I have a guiltiest pleasure. My my family makes fun of me because I'm always playing Ed Sheeran um, okay, when I great. walk into the kitchen. That's great. That's great. <laughs> I don't know what I'd say. You can't go wrong with Ed Sheeran. <laughs> what is your least favorite business buzzword? I'll circle back. <laughs> no one said that one yet. That's good. No one said that one. If you could have any upgrade to your work from home setup, what would it be? Right now in office, I'm doing some remodeling and I'm at my kitchen table. So oh, okay. I'm going to okay. start with the basic there. Okay. What is the best team building exercise you've ever employed and do you still use it? One of the uh, exercise we did, and and I should probably use it more, is like 
what was the highlight of your week and then what was the real challenge of your week. And I think it just makes people open up and see you as human as well as quickly help you understand what's going well and not in people's lives. Hmm. What was the first thing you thought about this morning? Doing this podcast. Oh, we're so grateful. You have a lot, you have a lot to think about in your role. So I, I, I take yes. that seriously. Yes, excited. Um, if you could use marketing to send a message to the entire world, what would it be? We're going through some really tough times and we'll continue to. And I think it would just be um, about being kind you know, to one another through these hard times. Um, I truly believe that everybody is always fighting their own battles. And just remembering that would probably be my message to the world right now. That's good. What is one popular thing or activity you wish you enjoyed more? <laughs> Running. Okay. I wish I really want to be a runner um, because it's good for me. I could bring my tennis shoes everywhere I go, and I've tried it a million times, and I'm just not good at it. Okay. What would be the title of your unauthorized biography? <laughs> there are a lot of different ways to get there. <laughs> Ooh, that's good. That's good. Okay. Um, what is the best business advice you've ever received? came from Roy Spence, and that is... Focus just as much on the problem you're trying to solve than the solution, because if you don't fully have an understanding of the problem, everything that comes out of that, it's going to be for nothing. Mm. So really focusing on that. Okay. And finally, what's one thing you want to do before the end of the year that you've never done before? I'm actually going to the Galapagos um, over <laughs> the holidays, yes. and that's been on my bucket list for quite some time. So Love hopefully it. I will make that trip. Awesome. Well, Jennifer, thank you for being here with us. This has been an epic conversation. Congratulations to you, the whole Indeed squad. I mean, you guys are not slowing down. And I know I speak for me and a lot of the, the world that's going to be looking to Indeed about where jobs, where are we going? Um, really excited about where you're headed. And just an honor to have you in the studio. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I love the conversation. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com 
forward slash marketing trends.